Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Lee Carlo. I am joined by Chapin Hemingway and Jeremy Fisk. This is an exciting time, fellas. Fixie season has arrived. After over maybe a year and a half of delays, the theaters are packed. We've got Mm. Wes Anderson's newest star-studded film, The French Dispatch. We've got Ridley Scott in a return to form with a period epic in The Last Duel. Edgar Wright has a new film, The Last Night in Soho, starring Get Your Film Fix favorite Thomas and McKenzie and the lovely Anya Taylor-Joy. On Netflix, The Harder They Fall, a new Western is available starting today. This Friday, Spencer, the critically acclaimed uh, Princess Diana picture starring Kristen Stewart, comes to theaters. Boy, do we have a lot to watch. Which one did we pick, guys? Did we go with one of these? Or did we lock ourselves in our rooms, close the blinds, and fire up the the Palm Door winner? Titan. Titan. Directed by Julia Ducourneau. Uh, came across the idea to watch this after I rented it. And... <laughs> You know, I, I had an idea what to expect, having seen her previous film, Raw, but it's uh, it's got a lot to talk about. So we're going to try to unwrap that film and and try to encourage, discourage our audience from checking it out. guys before we get started because it is fixie season we want to make sure that we are encouraging our listeners to send their voice memos their favorites of the year things they're looking forward to what they think of the podcast email those voice memos to feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com or feedback at gyffpodcast.com and we will play relevant voice memos on the fixie award show as we always do we also want to send you over to the Horror Drafts podcast, uh, part of the Get Your Film Fix podcast network, and Mission Recall podcast, the podcast about 90s action movies. Okay, guys, Titan, directed by Julia Ducourneau, won the Palm d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. We obviously have our jokes about the Palm d'Or. Uh, it's, you know simultaneously a very prestigious award in the film industry, but also one that doesn't always produce movies that are particularly high on our lists to see. You know, I can think back to the tree of life before there's really been one that we all saw. Can you guys think of a a more recent one? We talk about blue is the warmest color all the time, but yeah, but like we didn't even see that in, in the year it was released. Right. So now we have this titane, it's a, 
a sophomore effort from the director. Well, wait, I wait, did wait, wait, wait. See... Didn't Parasite win the Palme d'Or? Did it? Yes. It did. Yep, okay. Sorry. Well, there you go. There we go. So, perfect. Um, either way, it's not necessarily an award that that coincides with the American award season. Um, but Julia Ducourneau, this is her sophomore film. She directed a film called Raw a few years ago, which I ended up seeing it. You know, it got some pretty good reviews. I was curious. It's about a woman who has a taste for human flesh, um, to put it in very broad terms. And it's a bizarre movie. It's unique. It's interesting. It's well done. And it has a lot of ideas. So I was curious about Titan and I had a little bit of an idea what to expect. I don't think you guys quite did. Um, did either of you see raw? I don't think you did. No. But I know I know what it's about and heard a lot yeah, about it. Yeah, sure. Um, so with to kick us off, I'm, I'm kind of curious about you guys' process in terms of this movie in particular because we don't talk about movies like this very often. In fact, I don't think there are a lot of movies like this. So I want to know what you're thinking as you're watching this movie, your initial reactions when it ends, and how you're feeling now, and kind of how that evolves with a movie like this specifically. So I tried not to uh, learn barely anything about this movie, but I mean, it did creep in that this is like a a, a French quote unquote horror film that takes stuff to a, a new weird level. That's what I, I got out of it. And then also the text that we had back and forth, which let's just say are confusing at best <laughs> um, in trying to, to compare it to uh, the other palm door uh blue is the warmest color yeah. so there was uh there was some confusion going into it but i know on this podcast and especially with me uh one of our mottos is a movie is a movie is a movie and that's kind of what i like to try that's why i uh, especially with films like this i try to just kind of go in as blank slate as possible but every once in a while there is a movie that challenges that idea of a movie's a movie's a movie because the subject matter and the concepts in the being weird for the sake of being weird and strange and 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 disturbing gets in the way of me enjoying a film and it takes a lot for it, the movie to get there for a movie to get there and really disrupt my uh, a movie's a movie is a movie but this one certainly did and I kept I I clicked back into the film every once in a while once the once once the movie started gathering some some plot points but it was it was quickly derailed after that just for the sake of being disturbing. And I think I had that's that was my process through this. That like I had a tough time uh reconciling m- my need to be a unbiased observer and my, and my humanity. <laughs> and you still feel this way now? Even I do. I yeah. do. I, I think I, I was taken out of it enough throughout the whole thing and it never really it never clicked in enough to to grab me. Um, and 
that's that's sort of how I started, how I started, how I how I left, and how I feel now. Okay, Tapin. Yeah, I, I feel a li- similarly to you, Jeremy, about approaching these kind of films. You know, I was expecting kind of like a Gaspar No or a you know a really weird French movie that's sort of weird and violent for weird sake. And I think you know. <clears throat> That's what I was anticipating, certainly. And and I feel the same way that you do. Like, sometimes those films can be challenging in a way that isn't particularly fun or even beneficial to the movie, you know? Like, um, a lot of it feels shocking, but I did not feel that way about Titan. I was sort of surprised how... I wouldn't call it conventional, but it didn't turn me off in any way. And I actually kind of love this movie um and uh i don't know it 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 worked for me and and the bizarre sort of you know it, it helped that it was kind of made i mean it, it, it is a story essentially of a woman fucking a car and giving birth to a like you know a titanium infused baby um but and we can discuss what we think this movie means, but it's made in a way that's fairly conventional. It's not like there, there isn't like the floating overhead camera from enter the void or the movie being told in reverse, like irreversible. I'm sorry to pick on Gaspar. No, but these are the sort of the movies I'm thinking of right now. Um, and I don't know that helped that helped me sort of parse this, rather strange story of of this this woman who i thought was fantastic in this movie i do i do have to say i'm glad the movie pivoted though from the beginning of her just kind of being like a a serial killer for seemingly Mm -hmm. no real reason um Hmm. once once she had to start uh, running from law enforcement, then that part of the movie sort of went away, and I'm glad it did because that that part of the movie just it it seemed to be a bit repetitive and um I don't know gratuitous. So I I gotta say I'm I'm definitely falling closer to Chapin's opinion here. Um, although like both of you, I struggled with a lot of this movie, especially during and in the immediate aftermath. I want to kind of outline the plot a little bit so people know what we're talking about. Character of Alexia. Movie opens when she's a young child. She's in a car accident with her father and suffers a a severe brain injury and, you know, has brain surgery. And you see um, right after that, as we flash forward, she's got a, you know, a big scar on the side of her head from the surgery. Uh, She presumably is, is going to work where she dances, you know, at, um, at this club, and this is where we see her <laughs> uh, make car. love to this car. Um, and then she goes on to commit a series of of sort of inexplicable murders in a somewhat comically violent way. Um, she's on the run from the law. She decides to disguise herself as this missing boy named Andre. Is that right? No, Adrian. I'm sorry. Um, and return to that boy's father uh, named Vincent. And 
you know, she doesn't speak while she's there. She tries to hide herself. She, you know, wraps herself up so that she's not exposed as a woman. And while pregnant. While pregnant. And, you know, there's this, you know, very interesting relationship that develops between Vincent and Alexia. Now, I I liked the beginning of this movie, Jeremy. I thought while it was strange and you didn't have a lot of explanations for it, if that's the direction it continued to go and we got some explanations, I thought it was a blast. But I thought where this movie really had a lot to say was in that, you know, that tonal shift in that second piece when she meets Vincent. And it's a very, very interesting way to approach, I think, a lot of themes that have started to kind of become clearer as I've gotten further away from this movie. You know, the whole idea of gender identity and what that really means and like what our common expectations are. I think this movie takes a really deep dive into exploring that. And obviously, I don't know how if we have to keep saying a very unique way and even at times a disturbing way that's, you know, very consistent throughout this movie. Uh, but it also examines like how important we are to each other and just how important relationships are regardless of who they're with. I mean, you know, I don't want to put any spoilers in, but Vincent and Alexia basically form this father-son relationship. And it's weird. And like, there's even some times when there's this strange sexual tension. And like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I'm not going to pretend I understand at all. But... I really appreciated what this movie was trying to say and the fact that it went about doing so in a truly new fashion. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to hear your explanations on some of it because... Well, that's it. I I mean, I don't know... I, you know the the piece with the car and... There we go. So, like, what's the... What's the... The the, the titanium... The the, uh, merging of human and, and... I have no uh, idea. Mechanics, like w- what am I missing there from the plot of the movie? I mean, it's pretty clear that that's sort of what they're trying to tie or or, or, or explain to us. Um, is, is there some sort of yeah, merging I have between no idea. man you and know, machine? She gets, she gets a piece of metal. She gets a piece of metal put in her head after yeah. her car accident, and you know, then in this like body horror element of the film, you know, we start to see her kind of bursting open in a way at times. Well, she has and, sex with the car somehow. Well, I mean, she's sort of like dancing and humping the car. Like, it's not... Well, we know. don't know what's happening below the belt. Like, sure. No, no, she fucks the car. <laughs> in that, in that she, scene, yeah. she's definitely not dan- It's car. not dancingly. Yeah. She's having sex with the car. Did I know, you miss but... that part? Because that's after, after the shower. <laughs> yeah, I did. I stepped away. Yeah. Um, no, I just think that I, I, I have no... I have no understanding of the the titan the titanium like aspect of this movie you know that what is that metaphor trying to reveal and that's just one of many things that i i failed to understand and my initial reaction leaving this movie was you know this is beautifully shot the performance from uh agathe roussel is is fantastic i thought really really fantastic and i think that there's some interesting ideas here but I I was I was a little lost and I was like this is a wild movie I would love to hear what you guys think but I don't know what to make of it and in the days since I've I've started to appreciate those ideas those have started to overshadow 
the the issues I had understanding certain things. But I can't help you. I I don't know. I don't know what that connection is. Chapin, maybe you have some ideas. Um, I'm like trying to parse a review out. I, yeah, I I I I think there's a lot of different interpretations. I mean, I think she obviously there's a pretty obvious metaphor, not a metaphor, but she she's got this metal inside of her which makes her feel connected to this automobile in a weird way. Um, you know, she, I, so she has probably fans, a stick shift. Pro- probably would have to be, you would think. Yeah. Um, only way it would work. He, That's just the laws of nature. She's got fans, which suggests that like, this is something she does a lot of and is known well for. And I, and I don't know if that's like just as a stripper or a dancer or as a dancer yeah, I who think dances with cars. That part. I don't think it's, it's not the, the auto show thing. Well, I think that like the auto show thing is part of like the dance routine. I, I think her, her uh, exploits inside the car are not necessarily always, uh, always witnessed. Sure. No, no, I understand that. But what I mean is like, is is her profession like someone who dances on cars I think so. or is someone yeah. who is just a dancer either way i she, think on cars because there's a lot of other dancers there that are like and there's all these fancy cars there right and stuff. right and that's all in a oneer, which is a, that opening shot was pretty pretty cool so um i think there's that and and i don't know why she's a serial killer um yeah, but I, I think... mean that's another good question because like you kind of notice from the very beginning when she's a child that something's off with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but something's off with the her accident off with her dad too. Like I mean, there, there's. I always, I always, I, I felt like the dad knew there was something wrong with her. Right, right. Um. <clears throat> so, so yeah, I, I don't know that there's like a clear explanation. I think what you, what is profound about this movie is what you start to feel for her. Like she's this woman who's pregnant with a car or whatever she is. And she's, it's a baby, but (laughs) she's killed all these people. And yet you really like still root for her and feel for her. Yeah. That is kind of amazing. And she kills, she kills people for no, for no, no innocent people for for innocent people for no reason. But did you guys laugh at that scene in the house when like all these people kept showing up that she had? To yeah, kill? it was funny. Yeah, it's it was funny. It's, funny, right? It's supposed to be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and she's like, for fuck's sake, I got you know. And, yeah. How many are there? Um, I mean, yeah, it's like it, this is an orgy, and there there's some. I mean, this movie is very, uh, has a very twisted look at sex, and not in a way that's like typically French and weird, but like. I think, you know, in a movie where this woman could see, seems that the only pleasure she gets is fucking trucks and cars cuz she also yeah. fucks the uh the the um uh fire engine. Um yeah. That's going to be like like the top car to have sex right, with yeah. right. though big, if you're having sex with biggest, cars. Certainly the biggest. Um Yeah, right. You know, like that ladder goes like, on the way out. She she's taken by this this woman who's a lesbian that she meets at, at the show to this house where all these people are like essentially like an orgy house where people are a bunch of people are having sex and like totally takes all the sexiness out of that situation. <laughs> like you have these two women kissing and then she stabs the 
uh, her her hairpin into this woman, but misses and essentially just goes through the skin of her cheek. Yeah. <laughs> they have a fight, and then she just has to kill like four other people there who are just like <laughs> pathetically hanging out in this in this house. And I don't know, I <laughs> I'm not sure what the movie is about. I just know that I really connected with it, and I think I'm like, with you. Chapin. That's part I, of it something... in a weird way because like you you start to feel for these people that you like. Like you don't like like um I'm sorry what's the man's name Lee? Vincent yeah Vincent like he's I like I don't like he's not really a good person he's he's super weird he's too super he's super weird like, he's like he's clearly in mourning for his son and I think he knows immediately that she's not his son I think he's pretending that yeah like, I think so for his own benefit if not immediately pretty quickly yeah um and and he's this you know fire chief and. Is kind of a father figure to a couple of the firefighters, but like works out at night and injects himself with steroids and like you know it's 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 weird. But then these two like form a weird relationship, and by the yeah. end of the movie, she dies, which I feel like she kind of wants in a weird like she, I don't feel like this is a woman who wants to be alive, um, and he gets a baby, a child. I what, think what he wants. They are. They are like lost people, right? They're lost people. They're in mourning or they are, you know, they're depressed or whatever it is. And I I think there is something inherently interesting about watching kind of these lost, two lost strangers connect with each other. But it's just so hard to have any empathy for her. That's the difference between him and her. At least with him. I disagree. I think it, you with do. him, I think there's a backstory why. there that you could at least understand, uh, where where you can get s- some empathy from. But her, like, even the backstory isn't that empathetic. She has surgery. She's fine. She happens to get a little metal in her head, and now she's a serial killer that's fucking cars. <clears throat> I don't know. I think. I mean, what was I? I enjoyed, what's inaccurate about what I just said? I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the serial killing in this movie, so I was like on board with her, and I and part of my reason for enjoying it was because I was thinking, okay, where is this going? Like, what is this aspect going to be? And it sort of got left behind when she went on the run and went in disguise. She didn't kill anybody anymore. And we never really got a reason for why she was doing it. But because it had me on board initially, the excitement of those scenes, the humor of those scenes, the mystery of those scenes, she became my protagonist or my antihero, whatever you want to call her. So I was rooting for her kind of regardless of what her motivations were. I mean, you almost, the movie puts you in that space to do that. That's the thing. I mean, she is the antagonist of the movie. Um, protagonist. Oh, protagonist, sorry, of the movie. Um, but I don't know. I just I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. What did you think of her performance, Jeremy? I did like her performance. I thought I, I mean, thought it's her performance silent was for a very, very huge good, portion yes. of the movie. Yeah. Um you do. Yeah, and I she, think we talk about like transformations. She undergoes a, a huge physical transformation. She doesn't lose any weight or anything, but she goes from this kind of like sexy dancer in the beginning, makeup, you know, yeah, blonde hair, dressed in a you know sexy getup, to essentially passing as a seventy-year-old boy. Um, 
you know, yeah. and, and she just looks entirely different and then has to like sort of deconstruct herself um, in the bathroom of, of a train station to, in order to look like this person. Uh, and, and you see, yeah. And I mean, it's not a glamorous performance, like in terms of her appearance, like this is, been described as a body horror because of like what you see happening to her body over the course of this film. She gets yeah. all these scars and scrapes from wrapping herself up and disguising her her pregnancy. Um, you know, she's continuously in pain from this pregnancy and it's tearing her body apart and she's got these scar on her head and on her face because she smashed her nose trying to... Not, not to mention she has to be continuously naked in this. Oh, yeah. Like she's putting herself out there totally. in this in this film. The scene um, where she's wearing a Salem State College sweatshirt is one of the few she has clothes on. Yeah, which is I don't hilarious. understand the Salem State College. I would sweatshirt. love to know that that connection, as uh, <laughs> l- listeners know. Uh, Lee and I live in Salem, so yes. uh, yeah, no, the performance was amazing. It it was it was kind of uh, it, it makes it even more amazing that you can you can pull off that in the midst of a movie like this. And what I mean by that is that trying to do this film doesn't like for an actor to try to do this film and not seem showboaty or try to like sort of get to the level of craziness of the film Mm -hmm. is, is a tough ask. And she does not do that. She actually becomes one with the film. Um, That's a great point. Because this movie is is bizarre, yeah. like it's off the and, wall in many and cases. And she could have she could have but played it's... up any aspect of any of those things. But like, and I wonder if there was a lot of that in the direction of just being silent. I, I wonder if there were was dialogue taken away. Like there was a lot of being silent in this yeah. film. And like the I and I I give a ton of credit to to Cornell for the direction here because it's a wild movie. It's it's off the wall. It's very you know in in step with you know her previous movie raw but it's at times a lot of times very quiet very patient very subtle even when these like bizarre wild disturbing things are happening this movie is like like i don't, I don't want to use the word dull because that sounds bad but it's like it kind of is right like it's almost like well, what is happening now we're just in this we're just in this room with these two people Right. How did we well, get here? Even, even when this movie takes those breaks, those dull breaks, they're they're never dull. They're like no. they're that's why I mean they it's always not dull. find something weird to to portray. It's like it reminds me of that scene where they're where they're dancing in the fire station and having a good time, and then Adrian, as they know her goes up and starts dancing like she did as a uh, yeah. whatever uh, model on the car. Whatever, yeah. And they... <laughs> they don't she, know how to feel. They don't know how to feel. And you just... Yeah, and, and then Vincent so walks weird. in and sees it. And yeah. he doesn't know what to think. But it's like... Th- th- there were moments like that in this movie that I found to be very authentic. Because they weren't shying away from the awkwardness and the you know, on occasion disturbing levels that this movie went to. But there was also like, if this were happening, these people's reactions would be like this. They'd be like, oh, should we still be looking? Some of them walk away. Some of them keep watching. And it's like, 
it's just this very authentic human behavior that's portrayed throughout this movie. It's all sort of hidden by the bizarre, you know, vision of of Julia Ducournau. And she's, I don't know if I want to spend a lot of time with her. Right. That's the other thing. I like did does Raw or this movie make you look for even though you seem to and like enjoy him, do they make you look forward to her next it's, film? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it makes me want Absolutely. to see her movies. I don't know that I want to spend time with her. Like I'd be interesting to talk to her about like seen, her filmmaking process, but Yeah. I want to spend time with her. Okay. But <laughs> Chapin's gonna get murdered. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Literally, the next movie we won't see Chapin ever again, and then her next movie will be about uh, some director that murders a fan. But I like the fact that she's got the guts to make these types of movies. Like, you know, I granted she's she's French, she's making French movies. They have a little bit of a different, you know, idea of what's commonplace in terms of you know certain styles and certain themes within movies, but. Even for a French movie, Raw and Titan are both kind of batshit crazy, and I kind of admire the willingness to go there. If she, as long as she is, you know, making sure her ideas are clear and present, then I think she could keep doing. This movie works much better than Raw. I'm not sure I totally understand what Raw is about. It's it's interesting. It's got some ideas, but like this movie, it's hard to really know what she was trying to say. But this one, I think became clearer for me. Mm. Yeah. Any more thoughts? I mean, going back to that scene where she dances, like, I, I think... I think that's, like... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to read too much into it. I don't know if this is, like, about gender and transgender oh, I think it, or whatever. <clears throat> I but, think it is. But she is suddenly comfortable in this skin like she she's like we've seen her since like she's been posing as adrian we've seen her hide her body like you know painfully keep her boobs really tight and her 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 her, her pregnant stomach and um this is this one moment when she lets loose and she's sexy like she's dancing and she looks like a boy and she's essentially like defeminized but she moves like this the woman we saw yeah. in the titillating scene, opening shot that you described, Lee. Like she's very, she moves very well, and she moves very sexy. And like all these sort of, you know, possibly homophobic um, firefighters are like, "What the fuck's going on? Like, what, right. this is so awkward." But like, this is who she is. Like, she's coming out as a person again because she's comfortable. Think- and, um, you know, yeah. There's a moment where I, she's also fighting she's trying to kill this baby i mean she she literally tries to use the murder weapon of yeah. her serial killing to give herself an abortion unsuccessfully <clears throat> and then she's constantly like trying to hide or even like hitting her stomach like hates to have this baby and then when she is when she does have the baby it seems like she starts to suddenly care what's happened to this baby well, i mean she dies mm-hmm. as we know spoiler alert but she's, I think, at the end, concerned that this, what this child is, and if the child is okay, and um, I think so, and I think she's happy that he's that the baby's with Vincent. Yeah, I think that this movie 
does a fantastic job at kind of at challenging the common understandings of gender identity. I think it's definitely the part of the point, and I think it does a really good job at that in a number of different ways. That scene with the, uh, dancing on the fire truck is a perfect example, but also just the very, very clear and tangible idea of the fact that she disguises herself as as a boy and pretends to be this guy's missing son, but there is also this this underlying sexual tension, which you can think about as strange and incestuous and maybe like you can't you you don't want to like wrap your head around that, but I think it all is wrapped in that whole idea of challenging, not necessarily making it one point or another, but just forcing its audience to think about what gender is. And I think that's a really impressive effort on her part to put that in a movie like this because you know it's not something we're gonna see in a lot of movies period at least for a while this blatantly and this like you know i would i would even i would even add vincent's need for his own masculinity yeah. By injecting oh, yeah. him with stero- himself with steroids over and over, and watching his his body sort of, or, or trying to keep his body from decaying and and all that stuff. I think yeah. that's a part of it too. Good point. Good good point. So, Titan Palm Door winner. Uh it's it is it has some not for everyone. Fixy- Let's just say. Not for everyone. No, this movie's not for everyone, but it it has some uh, fixy candidate considerations for me um, in this movie. More than more than one consideration, I would say. I know that's almost more than we usually like to even reveal to each other and to our audience. But it's early. Who knows? Of course, of course, it's early. Um, I will say, though, that I do think that this is stacking up to be a very competitive year in the cinematography category. Yeah, certainly. Because I've already got three movies that I think the cinematography was stunning in. Can um, you share? I mean, Dune, obviously. Sure, Dune, up. Green Knight, and this, I think, are, mm-hmm. are all beautifully shot. And, you know, that's three movies that were released before November, and we had we still don't have the majority of the slate. Um I use the same camera yet. camera package that these people did for yeah. my most recent shoot. Same they use the same. same camera. They has use that, the same has as that you. shoot come out? Yeah, it's actually it just come out. Uh, two oh, ago. so Lee, there's another one to add to your cinematography yep. list. So four, four now. <laughs> All um, right, guys. So what else? We're we're running short here. What else you guys no, have? That's okay. It can be short. I think that'd be good. Um, we are going to try to get to so. Part of the reason for doing this movie is that it is tricky for us to all get to the theater and find a time to record each week. We're not yeah. used to doing that. It's been a year of just watching movies streaming, and now we're trying to figure out how to how to, how to get, get back, get back to, to the, the movie theaters. So um, rest assured, we are going to see all these movies we need to see for the fixies, even if you don't get an individual podcast for all of them. Um, you will hear our thoughts or you won't hear our thoughts, depending on the quality of the films. Um, and I'm sure oh. we'll sp- splatter in some conversations throughout. So I don't know what we're going to do next. Um, but suffice it to say, I don't think we're going to have 
too many podcasts left between now and February that aren't aren't fixy relevant or potentially fixy relevant, which is exciting news. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we ca- we have a we have a date for the fixies too, I believe, don't we? We well, we have a date to record them. Yeah, yeah, which I believe is February 25th or the 20, 25th or the twenty sixth. Yeah, uh, we just get to decide. I'm I'm you know so we're gonna be in Vegas that weekend. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to do it the the first day we get there? I mean, how do we how do we do this without being hungover? I guess is the question. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, and we're also getting, there's a lot of a lot of the resorts are are reaching out to us with yeah. offers and packages for us to record there. So we're negotiating that. No, no, no. And kind of coming no. to our. We have to remain. No? We can't take any gifts, guys. We've always remained the one. That's true. Group of people who have not don't mingle with the celebrities. Don't. Do the, the you know handshaking, glad ragging. Yeah, even yeah. when celebrities try to talk to me on set, I just say sorry, can't. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. Yep. Yeah, this is. I walk away. Yeah. Yeah, so, you were on the you were on the set of Don't Look Up, which yeah. who knows that movie comes out this year, and it was awkward at times. You had to. Yeah. You were shutting it down to avoid having to. I talk literally to had him. to shut that movie down. Leo tried to put a hundred in my pocket just to. You know, yeah. Grease the grease the wheels, as and you said. said shut and, it. Down. And I said, <laughs> shut this movie down. You handed, Get him you, out of here. You Get him it, out of my face. You handed it back to him, and uh, you offered something sexual, but you know that was where he yeah. was willing to draw the line. And then you then you were forced. You were threatening to go on strike, even yeah. Jeremy, to avoid avoid this these. Bribes. That's how that's how neutral we are here at Get yep. Your Film Fix. Um, but I think we're going to be at the Aria Resort and Casino. Well, don't in tell people Las Vegas. Why? They that's well, great. What about our anonymity? What they, yeah. What if they track down the room? Yeah, that'd be awesome. We have fans outside the door. Oh, there's like two people out there. It's <laughs> room service. <laughs> I was thinking Not more now. like yeah, we order more... room service and then like act like they're fans knocking on the door. Uh, I thought there maybe could be producers or something. Yeah, bring yeah. us bring us champagne. Okay. Well, that's what I was thinking is that each one of us, I mean, this is more for our own edification, but Lee, I know you're going to pick out a lovely champagne since we only need one bottle this year. Uh, I'm going to yeah. bring a, a lovely bottle of scotch. And Jeremy, you need to start thinking about what you're going to bring. Special. Uh, w- one beer. <laughs> no. One Salem beer. <laughs> Just one, tw- one 12 ounce bottle. <laughs> one notch <laughs> yeah. session beer. <laughs> we can split it. Okay, so that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Get Your Film Fixed podcast. I've been Lee Carlo with Japen Hemingway and Jeremy Fisk. We are excited because we've got a huge slate of movies to watch, so we're going to wrap this up early so that we can get up to our flat-screen plasma TVs and I'm the only one left with the plasma, That's a good point, you are. In, I mean, in in America, currently <laughs> draining the Massachusetts uh, energy resources and creating a small gonna... fire hazard in your house. Yeah, Jeremy has to shut the heat off and the lights off in his house. <laughs> One or the, the other. <laughs> start start an adjunct generator outside, just like <laughs> Adeline shivering in her crib. <laughs> That's why it's so hard for you to watch movies. You have to yeah. make sure it's a warm day. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm staying.
finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. 